Hello, I am Donna Freeman, the founder of Yoga in My School, and this is the Yoga in My School podcast. I appreciate you coming and having a listen. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your comments, and your ratings. It truly is a blessing as it helps others to find us. The purpose of the Yoga in My School podcast is to empower you to share yoga and mindfulness with youth. Through the archives and this episode in particular, I know that you will receive inspiration, knowledge, and tools to help you do so. We also are big fans of building community, and we love finding people who are doing amazing things in the kids' yoga community worldwide. So if you know of someone, or maybe you are someone, who are doing something incredible and you'd like to share it, feel free to reach out. You can email me, Donna, at yoganmyschool.com with ideas for upcoming episodes. Appreciate you listening. Have a wonderful day, and enjoy this episode. Love Talk Radio. Hi guys, this is Donna Freeman, the founder of Yoga in My School, and this is the Yoga in My School podcast. We're so thankful that you're listening this morning. Well, I guess it's this morning for me, but it might not be for you. You might be out and about or driving in your car or going for a run, um, all kinds of things. Um, podcasts have become really popular and it's fun to be part of that movement. Um, I'm so thankful that you can join us today and uh, appreciate you tuning in. And if you've enjoyed this podcast or others in our series, um, please share it with a friend. It's so wonderful. I know when friends share with me their favorite podcast, I get really excited and have a listen. And it's great to be able to do that and to likewise share the kids yoga love and all that, um, that there is to offer in the yoga and mindfulness world for youth. Today, we're going to be delving into yoga for in kindergarten, and uh, my guest today has a wealth of knowledge in this uh, and expertise in this topic, and in fact, she approached me, which is really fun. Um, it was great to get an email, and she says, hey, I know all about this, and I think this is a great topic, and you haven't covered this yet, so if you're one of those people who's been listening for a while, and you know some of the topics we've been covering, and that you have one that you're passionate about, feel free to drop me a line at Donna. Or my, my email is Donna at yoganmyschool.com. All right. So Alexa Simon is joining us today. And Alexa is the founder of the Minnesota Kids Yoga Company. And this is a um, great company that brings yoga to children in Minnesota and surrounding areas. And she has, um, she's a, an elementary school teacher. She's uh, worked with, worked in Minnesota for many years. She's got a master's in special education. And, and she loves, absolutely loves sharing yoga and mindfulness with all ages. Uh, she was just telling me before we went live about the day that she spent yesterday working with preschoolers with two to five-year-olds. And I know how fun and energizing that can be. So without further ado, welcome Alexa. Thank you, Donna, so much. It's an honor to be on your show. Well, and I wanted to thank you for sending me your book. It is so cute. I just love how you take, you know, everyday songs that we all know, like Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, or um, I think one of the ones is She'll Be Coming Around the Mountain and stuff like that, and then putting words to it that make them into instructions for doing yoga poses. That was so clever of you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I had a lot of fun creating it, and actually um, – I wrote it last year when I was teaching my kindergartners and I found that, you know, directing kids just by saying warrior two or child's pose was fun, but it wasn't as engaging as creating a song out of it. And so 
um, a lot of kindergartners teachers are really talented in that where we can just make up words into those you know popular children's tune songs and um, so I did that with the yoga poses and the kids just really loved it and it was fun to see it transform where I wouldn't even have to sing the song anymore and the kids just would have it memorized and um, just loved yoga in that way so I made it relatable in other words. Yeah, I love that. I love that you've combined um, music and poses. I know uh, there are other people who do this. I do. I sing a lot in my um, younger classes and the age group that we're looking at today. But kindergarten kids really respond well to music and early educators um, know how to leverage this love. So, Right. Um, Absolutely. It's a good way to kind of pull everyone in. For sure. Now, you said it, with your book um, that you were redoing some of the images. Is that correct, that a version two is coming out? It is, yes. So I'm actually working with an illustrator out of uh, South Carolina right now, and she's um, also a kindergarten teacher. So it was pretty cool when I connected with her that we both had that, you know, relatable experience. Um, and she has just adorable illustrations. And so she's been able to send me a few of her um, additions and I really just love how they're coming along and so she's kind of pulling the songs with the poses together and creating a really fun image for each song that I created um, and so her name is Kate Winkle uh, but yes yeah, so she will be will be done with it in a few months or so so I'm excited to kind of launch that and um, try to sell it on Amazon fabulous that is and your book will it still be called yoga with Alexa no, I'm changing the name of it. So I'm actually calling okay. it um, Little Yogi's Sing. Nice. Well, well, we'll definitely look for that, Little Yogi's Sing on Amazon in the new year. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. And I'm adding some more content to the end of it, too, to include some mindfulness ideas, um, as well as activities that teachers can do um, outside of just the song. So it's fun to be able to extend the lesson a little bit more, too. So it's mainly just um, supposed to be kind of a resource for parents as well as teachers to, you know, rather than, again, just naming a yoga pose, having fun with it mm. and making it really interactive for kids. Fabulous. All right. Yeah. So we're talking about yeah. these little ones in kindergarten and lots of kids head off to kindergarten, but kindergarten is a big year. Um, can you tell us a few of the things that are important, important skills that happen in the kindergarten year? Absolutely. Yeah. I just love teaching kindergarten because it is such a magical year. Um, and I would tell parents a lot, you know, kindergarten is kind of that gateway into education. And so as kindergarten teachers, you know, I always felt so powerful in the fact that I was teaching children about learning, but about school and what it's like to be in that school setting and kind of setting them up for a lifelong um, journey of learning. Uh, and so again, kindergarten, it was really fun. Uh, to watch these kids come in and a lot of them wouldn't know their name. They wouldn't know any letters, their numbers. Uh, and then by the end of the year, they were reading and writing. Uh, and so it was just really fun to see that transformation. And so it really is such a crucial year, as well as a huge piece uh, of kindergarten that I like to tell parents too is just that social, emotional learning experience. And so especially for those kiddos that um, – have spent a lot of time at home and didn't go to child care centers, they come into kindergarten and kind of just that social interaction was so new for them. So it was cute. As a teacher, you kind of have that healthy balance of stepping in and intervening, but then also letting them kind of just navigate how to communicate. And um, so it's a really fun, fun age to see them transform. 
Yeah, I agree. It's that that social emotional aspect is so key in um, you know in the four to six year olds. It's amazing um, the the amount of time that parents and teachers and aides need to spend working with that and helping kids navigate those those emotions. Right. Absolutely. And one of my favorite quotes is you know just that experience of play too is so important. And I think kindergarten, um, a lot of teachers that are veterans or have been in it for a long time recognize that um, academics are extremely important, but also that just that having fun and being a child still and playing. And um, like I said, the songs are so important too. And as they get into older grades, they don't have that opportunity to play as much anymore. And so I felt it was always really important to include that free time where kids could just roam around the classroom, pick up some toys, and just kind of explore um, just what it's like to play with peers. Yeah, no kidding. All right, so tell us, how does yoga fall, how can that be worked into a kindergarten class? Because I know a lot of kindergarten teachers are reaching out to me and to others of doing the work that we do, um, wanting to bring yoga and mindfulness into their kindergarten classrooms. But, you know, what are some of the benefits of doing that? Yeah, for sure. Well, my journey has kind of been a um, long time coming with my yoga practice. I was originally an avid runner, um, ran out throughout college, ran some marathons, and ended up getting injured. And so, um, long story short, I found yoga, and it was just really natural for me to also include that into my classroom and daily experience with my kids. And so, initially for me, it was kind of just incorporating little mindful, mini mindful units, I would call it, in the classroom. And it would just be kind of those tools that effective teachers already use um, of just regaining focus of kiddos and taking deep breaths um, and making them animated fun breaths, you know, smelling um, pie coming out of the oven. And so it was a way to kind of refocus my kids. And then I started realizing that uh, my kids loved it. They loved having those moments where um, we could take deep breaths together or visualize stories together. Uh, and so I started incorporating it more. And this last year, it was really fun. I actually would have yoga moments in the classroom. And at the beginning, it was I got a lot of giggles from the kiddos. Um, and but then towards the end of the year, they, you know, would actually request it and loved having uh, yoga in the classroom. Uh, and so what I would always tell, you know, other teachers I would ask about it, too, is um, it looks so different than what it looks like. I teach adult yoga as well. And so, you know, adult yoga, they're on their mats. It's a 60-minute class, and it's the sun A, sun B sequence and flowing. But with um, kindergartners especially, but kids in general, um, and as any kids yoga teacher knows, it's so much more than just those postures. Um, it's making games out of it. It's having conversations around your body and how it feels today or your stresses um, or the things that make you happy, what you're grateful for. And so, um yeah, I just had a lot of fun with it. I made it more of just kind of a natural part of the day. You know, even, for example, mm -hmm. after the kids would come in from lunch, um, that's always kind of a crazy time for them. And Or from recess, for instance, and they come into the classroom and 
just be a little bit more rambunctious and so to get them to refocus before he moved on to a reading lesson or math lesson I'd have him sit down and he'd sit crisscross applesauce and we'd take a few breaths together and we'd place our hands on our belly or we'd put I have a little stuffed animal bears and we put those bears on our bellies and we'd practice that breathing and it was just so fun to see the energy level come back down and then everyone was so focused and ready to learn and it was just as a teacher it made it um, a lot easier to kind of get that content across. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love using um, mindfulness techniques like what you're talking about, this breathing, a breathing exercise as a transition, um, as you say, you know, moving from outside, lots of activity to kind of calming them down and bringing them back to focus. It's like it's a perfect opportunity and so effective. So I love that you've you've highlighted that. Yes, thank you. Um, now, yeah, and I actually, oh. yeah, one thing, go ahead. No, go ahead. One thing that some, I, I, I see this more and more, is because thanks to uh, the internet and the access to online videos, um, many teachers, they're like, well, I don't know how to teach yoga to littles, or, or you know, even parents are like, I don't know what to do with my little for yoga. Um, and so many people are using videos, and which is awesome. Thank yeah. you for all the amazing people who have developed great resources of videos. But can you kind of do some of the pros and cons to using a video versus using um, a yoga instructor for uh, a yoga session with kiddos? Yeah, absolutely. I, again, I would kitty back on kind of what you had said, and I think they are wonderful resources, um, especially for those kids that are those visual learners and you know, videos like Cosmic Kids, it's really fun to see that 3D image in the background and it can transform kids into a jungle or up in the mountains. And so they are really wonderful resources, especially for, you know, any teacher can relate to just needing a few moments of their own personal brain break and kind of just stepping back and regrouping. And um, sometimes, you know, I would even use it as just a quick transition from one activity to the next. You just put on a video and it's, it makes it that transition easier. Um, but I would say, so that's the pros. Um, but I think the con behind it would just be that uh, rapport. You know, for kids, um, they crave attention from adults, um, as well as they, they need to know that teachers love them and trust them, and they want that relationship with their teachers. And so I think the videos, the hard part with it is, you know, it is that image of a person on the screen. And so you're missing that important piece of that relationship. And so what I love, you know, with my, for instance, even yesterday in my class and um, with my preschoolers and then I teach some older kiddos um, Saturday and Sundays is just that um, conversation and kids are the cutest you know even yesterday a kid would just shout out you know I love Reese's peanut butter cups and so it's unrelated to the topic but then really um, good teachers can kind of pull them in and say wow I love them too let's what kind of pose do you think we could create that looks like you know a Reese's peanut butter cup and so just that that communication that you can have with those kids when it's the face-to-face yoga class versus the online is a huge benefit to it to it as well um, as well as I think you know that balance of having digital media in the classroom and I think a lot of schools nationwide are incorporating iPads into the classroom and I know um, in Minnesota in particular a lot of the districts are really working towards that one-on-one um, iPad ratio per student in the classroom, which is awesome. And there is so many great resources and apps on iPads today that help kids learn letters and help kids learn how to read and help them teach new math skills. Uh, but I think that 
kids if they spend too much time on that, you know, iPad or that digital app, and then they go home and they spend time watching TV. Um, it kind of gets away from that healthy balance of having those real interactions with people and being on that, that digital app. And so, again, when thinking about yoga and mindfulness, that whole concept of, you know, just having kids be present in the moment and having those interactions with their peers and learning how to conversate and let someone talk and take turns uh, is so important when teaching yoga and mindfulness. And so when you have that, that video, you kind of get away from that sometimes. And so that's where it's really important. I, I always love to, in my yoga classes, um, start off by having all the kids say their name. If it's a class in particular that um, is new and I'm just meeting the students. But if it's, you know, my students that I've had for a long time, um, each going around and having them take turns saying something they're grateful for or you see it, you know, what was your favorite Halloween candy that you had recently? Um, or what was your favorite activity that you did this weekend with mom and dad? And so giving kids that opportunity to have a voice is so important. Um, and I've noticed, you know, some of those kids that are shyer, they get a little timid about talking and I never force it. Um, but with time, and you know, after each week of having kids share, those kids that, you know, are a little bit scared to talk at first, find their voice too. And so not only is it important um, for that relationship piece, but it's also teaching kids those language skills and that self-confidence and self-love of it's okay to talk. And, you know, I always say in my yoga classes, it's a not judging um, environment, right? Everyone is there to be happy and to find friends within one another. And so, yeah, I think that would be the con of that digital pieces that you just don't get that that relationship. Fabulous. Yeah, I, I completely agree that, you know, there's pros and cons. And as, as long as we're striving towards some balance and recognizing when to use each tool that we have at our disposal. Thanks so much. Right. So you mentioned, yeah. you mentioned the self-love. Um, and t let's talk a little bit about how you can help to foster self-love with little, because people are, you know, this is kind of a buzzword, you know, self-acceptance, self-love, and spending time to cultivate, you know, um, yourself. And, you know, when I was right. a kid, you never talked about this stuff. You just went about life. Like, it was what you did. You right. got up and did your thing. Um, but now we're seeing some of the repercussions later on in life when this has been ignored. So talk about, you know, how can you help a, a, a kindergarten kid learn to love themselves? Absolutely, yes. And I, I agree. You know, when I was a child, I can remember even the school counselor coming into each classroom within a school and we talk a lot about, you know, the golden rule, treating others the way you want to be treated and having respect and being kind to others. Um, but there wasn't a whole lot of that self-love or self-confidence. And so personally as a child, you know, I really struggled with anxiety and I think it wasn't right away. You know, it wasn't something that affected me immediately, but as I got a little bit older, um, I kind of just started to manifest. And so I started, I really worried a lot about what other people thought of me rather than, you know, worrying about what I thought of myself. And so I've really taken that um, into the classroom as a teacher and, you know, made it kind of a huge important piece of how I teach is teaching kids that, you know, loving who they are, um, navigating life, being confident with who they are is so important. Um, and the number one thing I tell parents is those affirmations. Um, and I recently was able to go on Twin Cities Live, which is our, our local um, uh, TV station, 
and I was able to um, kind of demonstrate that with a mom and her two daughters. And just having those um, verbal affirmation statements can do wonders with kids. Uh, so just teaching them, you know, I am smart, I am strong, I am able to do this math worksheet today. Um, teaching them to say those verbal statements, it can kind of sound silly, especially for those of us that haven't grown up with that verbal language. Um, but the more that kids say it, you know, the more that they believe it. And so parents can help those kids say it, but it's really crucial if the kids say it themselves too. Um, and actually, as a teenager, I um, struggled with an anxiety, or um, I'm sorry, eating disorder. And one of the things that I had to learn to overcome it was uh, learning those affirmation statements. And um, I actually went to treatment when I was in high school and one of the things when we were in treatment was, you know, looking at yourself in a mirror and it's so easy and it's such a human, um, it's a natural thing for humans to look in a mirror and immediately pick out the things that are negative about them. And so changing that thought and changing it into that growth mindset of, you know, rather than looking in a mirror and saying, Oh, I hate my hair today. Right. I love, you know, what I, the way that I was able to make my hair look today, or I love, um, that I'm getting better at reading. And so it's just those tweaking the way you think, those negative thoughts and making them more positive. And so how parents are bringing it back to kindergarten or those younger kids, right, is any time as a parent or a teacher, if you notice those kids um, kind of thinking negatively or getting down on themselves, helping them come up with that verbal language of how to change their mindset into something that's more positive. Uh, and so even, and that's what I love about yoga is there isn't that competitiveness that a lot of other sports have. Um, each kid has their own mat and they're doing these postures. Some of them are definitely challenging, especially when we move into some partner poses, but a lot of the poses most children are able to do with success. And so it's really fun to just see, um, even the classes that I have on the weekends where I just have the kids one time. It's so fun to see in that 60 minute period, um, the motion on kids' faces when they start a pose and when they, you know, at the end of the class, they've mastered that pose, just seeing that joy in their bodies of how they know that they, they're capable of doing something. And so, um, again, just teaching kids to just be positive uh, with their bodies and themselves is so important. And I think um, also, especially that teenage year where the kids are super vulnerable, um, and I think you would know – um, or you can relate with just that media piece. I know that you've had speakers on before that have talked about that too, and just how kids are bombarded with, you know, Facebook and different media um, pieces, Instagram. And so sometimes it's so easy to compare and get negative uh, about themselves. And so really helping them see that um, comparing isn't always healthy. Uh, and just looking at themselves is really beneficial. Yeah, no kidding. Like, um, there are so many things that um, will eat away at our self-confidence and our belief in ourselves. and social media is, is great at increasing those comparisons, but when we begin to understand that there's enough for everybody and we can all have enough love and enough success in our lives, then um, we can be a little bit happier and, and celebrate other successes. Right, right. Like that does does take, you know, planting those seeds when they're young so that they can have a nice foundation to return to. Absolutely. It takes practice. And yes, like you said, you know, if they start it young, and so that's kind of that piece of 
as a teacher, even just teaching them those affirmation statements, they'll carry it with them throughout life. Yeah, exactly. Um, so how, how can parents and educators help kids? How can they help kids? They've got all these pressures. There's a lot going on in kindergarten, so many expectations. It's an exciting time of year, uh, exciting season of their lives. Um, and how can you know, parents be of help? How can educators help kids be their best? Yeah, I think a big important piece uh, is not pushing kids. You know, kids will learn at their own pace when they want to. And I think uh, as teachers, especially recently modern day, we expect a lot of kids and teachers, we just have so much stress of um, curriculum that we have to get through within a you know specific time throughout a, a school year. And we want kids to perform at a certain level and get certain scores on tests. Uh, but I think there's this healthy balance of teaching kids and wanting them to succeed, but also letting them grow at their own pace in a healthy way. And so I think as parents and as teachers, it's really important that we encourage kids to learn, but we also allow them to just be children. And as a kindergarten teacher, I would tell my parents all the time that they don't have to go home and do homework. I think a lot of times parents um, so often want them to do after-school programs that focus on education or they buy them booklets so they can do extra homework at home when they get home. And it's hard for kiddos that are five years old because they just want to be around um, friends and they want to play and they want to explore and just be kids because they are our kids. And so just that healthy balance of, you know, encouraging them in school, but also letting them just be a child is so important. Fabulous. I completely agree. It's like, let them be kids. <laughs> right. There'll, yeah, be absolutely. there'll be lots of time for them to be grown ups. <laughs> right. For sure. Yeah. And they'll, they'll learn when they want to. It's fascinating. I've done a lot of research um, and studies, you know, on European countries and they do a really good job of uh, not expecting too much of kids at an early age. And so I think we need more of that, right? And so let them have fun and let them play, let them do yoga um, in school and they'll be okay. They'll learn the content they need in time for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's so much to be said for their natural curiosity. Like they'll be drawn to certain things. They'll want to figure them out. And I don't know, I, you know, every child that I've met has always had a favorite something and to leverage that to figure out what their favorite thing is and then to go explore that as, you know, a caring adult in their world. It's like, okay, well, you like Spider-Man. Okay, well, let's explore, you know, superheroes and everything, everything Spider-Man and superheroes related or whatever it, whatever their thing is. If it's Paw Patrol, I don't know. Like there's so many cool things out there. Um, right. And, and to let them bleed. Yes, absolutely, for sure. Right, rather than making them, you know, practice certain math skills, going out and exploring and, you know, for fall, for instance, collecting leaves and counting how many red and how many orange leaves you have. And so making it fun and interactive for them, um, but not pushing them in a certain way, you know, to sit down at a desk and do skills. Yes, is crucial. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, it has been a pleasure chatting with you today. An absolute delight. Thank you. Um, can you tell people where they can find you, where they can learn more about your program and all that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Yes. So I um, I started the, a company, Minnesota Kids Yoga Company, and like you said, it's you know a local company uh, providing mindfulness and yoga classes for kids throughout the Twin Cities. And so I have a website, and you can go to it. it's uh, www.minnesotakids co co.com and i have lots of really awesome resources for teachers free resources um 
some great blog articles on there as well as the links to sign up for my classes on that website. And then I also have a Facebook and Instagram that's just at Minnesota Kids Yoga Co. Uh, so you can check out pictures of our recent classes there as well. Fabulous. Thank you. I so appreciate your expertise and shining a light on, you know, yoga, especially for these minis, uh, these little ones who are so keen. They want to be like their moms and dads who already do yoga or they've been interested in it. They love getting into their bodies. My goodness, I just, this age is so fun. It really is. Yes, I actually last weekend was doing a mommy and me class. And it's so fun to even just see when you do parent and child classes, that interaction and they just, the kids love it. And I have such wonderful feedback from parents and the kids about it. And so my hope is that there's just gets to be more of it out there because it really is such an awesome thing for families to have in their life. Marvelous. Well, I will definitely watch for Little Yogi's Sing coming out in the new year by the wonderful and talented Alexa Simon. And uh, I wish you all the best, Alexa. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. It was really wonderful. All right. We've been chatting with Alexa Simon, and she's the founder of Minnesota Kids Yoga Company, and we've talked all about how to bring yoga into kindergartens, the pros and cons of videos versus in person, how to find some balance in all that, fostering self-love in our littles, and the ways that parents and educators can support um, their these wonderful children with their social-emotional learning, with their academic learning, with them becoming their very best selves. So it has been a pleasure. Thanks so much, Alexa. And I encourage you you, um, to share this podcast, to like it, um, to do all those social things that your social interaction means so much to us. And if you have any questions or suggestions for the next um, podcast episodes that are coming up, please send them my way, Donna at yogainmyschool.com. It's been a pleasure to have you listen today. Um, Please have a wonderful day. Namaste.